There's an old Jewish parable that goes something like this. Two rabbis argued over the meaning of a text. They've been doing this for years, all their lives, actually, over the same text. And God had been listening to this all this time, and he was finally fed up. So he came down to the rabbis and said, look, I've been listening to you do this all your lives, and I've had it. I'm going to settle this once and for all. I'm going to tell you what that text means. The two rabbis looked at each other a bit stunned. And in a rare moment of unity, looked back at God and said, what are you doing? You're going to mess this all up? Please, leave us alone and let us get back to our questions. For those of you that know me, you know that I like that parable. Interesting idea, isn't it? That the answers may not be nearly as important as the questions. Unlike the rabbis, I'm afraid we're a people that want answers. Do you feel that lately? We want to know when this will end. We want to know what will happen. We want to know who to blame. And in times like these, when answers become scarce, we'll even play God for a bit and create them. It's a dangerous tendency we have. So if you find yourself wanting some answers this morning, I'm afraid that what I'm about to say is going to come as little comfort. The life of faith has never really been about finding answers. Getting things nailed down, all packaged up. Faith isn't as much about finding answers as it is about engaging unsettling questions. Faith isn't about so much about being able to say, I got it, as much as it is living a life where Jesus gets you. For the next three weeks, we're going to be in a little mini-series of sorts on the parables in Matthew. Jesus loved parables, told about 60 of them, as a matter of fact. The Gospel tells us that Jesus didn't often teach unless he taught in parables. And so today, we're going to listen to Jesus tell us the story of the parable of the sower. Some have called it the parable of the soils. A simple story about a sower who sows some seeds. Some grow, most don't. And Jesus asks us to hear. But I should warn you, before we take this plunge together, that the parables are masterful in taking our preconceived assumptions and our ready-made answers and throwing them back in our face, showing us that our answers are often as empty as the questions we ask that presuppose them. The parables, if we listen, put us into uncharted territory. Their twists confound, their surprises shock, and often we're left wondering, wait, what? The great Danish theologian and poet Soren Kierkegaard said that parables are indirect communication that deceive the hearer into truth. The parables of Jesus aren't interested in passing out answers. 
They are interested in provoking questions, questions that God would have us ask, questions that we're not asking because maybe we're too dull or maybe too arrogant. So with that, let us overhear Jesus tell us a story about a sower who sows some seed onto dirt. Let those with ears to hear listen. I'd invite you to stand, if you're able, for the reading of the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Then the disciples came and asked him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have, will be taken away. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophet Isaiah that says, You will indeed listen, but never understand. And you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing. And they have shut their eyes, so that they may not look with their eyes, and listen with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn. And I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous persons long to see what you see, but they did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. And for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. Have you understood all this? 
They answered, yes. The word of God for the people of God. Please be seated. Um, thanks, Jesus. That was uh, enlightening, I think. Nice story, agricultural, very educational, I'm sure. Sows, sowers, seeding, seed. Now, what exactly was that parable again about? What is he saying exactly? You know, Mark Twain, you may have heard this, once said that he who carries around a cat by the tail can learn something he can learn in no other way. <laughs> Nothing like learning by doing, right? So I decided to go plant some seed. A different parable. A sower went out to sow some seed, and that sower was me. I've actually done this for years. I've planted tomato seeds, okra seeds, squash seeds. Some fall in the soil that I've prepared, and others don't. And every year, the same thing. Some grow. And some don't. The number that doesn't survive is usually a lot greater than what that does. But I'm always genuinely amazed out of what does survive, how much so little can produce. One year, I went and dug a hole. I put a tomato plant in it. Nothing fancy, just dug a hole. And we enjoyed an abundance of brandywine tomatoes that year. The next year, I thought I'd be clever. Cultivate, fertilize, you know, expect a bigger harvest. And the tomato cut worm came along and clipped it off at the ground. Never had a chance. A sower went out to sow some seed. And although I think I've gotten better at determining what is favorable and not favorable conditions for growing, truth be told, year after year, I don't know what's going to happen. I wonder if I'll try again next year. Wouldn't be much of a sore if I didn't. A sore went out to sow some seed. Some grew. Most didn't. Do you hear that? You know, the Greek word for hear or listen as it was translated in the New Revised Standard Version that I read just a few moments ago, is that it doesn't just mean to take in sounds through your ears. It can also indicate obedience. Hear this. Do this. To hear is to do. But this isn't a head game Jesus is playing with us. Parables aren't designed to instruct our heads uh, as if if we know the correct answer we can or even will act. No, Jesus doesn't teach us how to think. He shows us how to live. Jesus understands more than most that none of us will be liberated from our deformation by more information. Rather, by hearing, by doing the gospel, 
we learn something that we can learn in no other way. A sower went out to sow some seed. Some grew. Most didn't. But those with ears hear. A young girl, maybe 13 or 14, had a vision. An angel had visited her and told her that God had a vocation for her life. That she was to translate and interpret the word of God into the language of the people. At that time, the Bible was translated only in Latin, so only the priest could read it. But she was very poor. And such a monumental task would have been enormously expensive. Translators, publishers had to be hired. But she dedicated her life to it. She sold all that she had. She took on extra jobs. She even began begging in the street. And after eight, nine, maybe ten years, she was nearing her goal. And a famine struck. So she took all she had and spent it all on food for those who had nothing. When crops began to grow again, she set about her task, once again saving all that she had, and another decade passed, and she almost was about to reach her goal, and a pandemic struck. People dying all around her. So she took what she had saved, and she spent it all on medications and treatments for the sick. Once the pandemic was over, she set about her task once again. As she neared the end of her life, she finally had raised enough money to hire the translators and the interpreters, and she completed her task. After she died, it was said that she had actually translated and interpreted the Word of God not once, but three times in her life. And the first two were the most beautiful of all. A sower went out to sow some seed. Some grew. Most didn't. But anyone with ears listened. We live, by and large, in a post-Christian society. That can hardly be argued anymore. Christianity is dying in the United States. It's growing by leaps and bounds in the southern hemisphere, but growing colder and colder in the northern. How's that for glad tidings? On top of a pandemic, systemic injustice, stagnant economies, and we must might as well throw in murder hornets. But it's true, the church is in trouble. But I guess it's been in trouble ever since its beginning. I wonder if through parable though, Jesus is trying to dislodge our assumptions about the truisms that we toss to and fro. The church is declining, yes. But what if the question isn't whether the church is dying, but whether it's giving its life to the world?
sower went out to sow some seeds because that's what sowers do. Some grew. Most didn't. But the sower sows anyway. We have so many answers to questions that we create just so we can give the answer we want. Questions that like to play games of deceit. Do you know what I'm talking about? Questions like who matters? Who is my neighbor? Who is redeemable? For whom am I responsible? Questions that Jesus never asked. But we ask them in our conceit. And in desperation, Jesus repeatedly and exasperatingly says, everyone. But seeing, we do not see. And hearing, we do not hear the questions Jesus would have us answer. And so Jesus speaks to us in his parables. A sower went out to sow some seed. Some grew. Most didn't. But those with ears to hear, hear. A young boy went to work on a habitat house with his father in rural Mississippi. That boy was me, age eight. I painted my dad nailed, and at the end of the day, an elderly black man named James, the owner of the house, came up to me. He took off his hat, put it over his chest, and while looking at the ground, shook my hand. I remember his hand being massive, dwarfing mine. But what I remember most is how he took my hand. He took it as if it were a feather. Something easily broken, precious. And he said, thank you, sir. I remember on the ride back asking Dad, why did he shake my hand like that? Why did he call me sir? Never forgotten that handshake. The soil at James' house that day was unsettling, deep. And it threw me into a garden that James had been planted in all his life. It provoked questions in me that I had not known to ask. It provoked questions in me that I have continue to ask till this day. You know, Peter Rollins says that God is not a bandage we place on the wounds of our lack of hearing and seeing. Rather, God is the wound, the traumatic event that changes everything. God is not interested in helping us understand the world as it is. 
God changes everything in it so that through the wounds, the light can enter. Someone once said that the biggest difference between God on the one hand and you and me on the other is that God doesn't think he's you or me. There are questions we ask and answer that presume an arrogance on our part, as if it was ever our right to ask who's in and who's out. Instead of presuming that some don't matter by asking who does, maybe it's time that we ask what kind of sower we've become. Do I sow anyway? What kind of soil have I decided is good or bad? Are the seeds planted in my life by God producing a harvest? Or are they dying along with my presumptions? Do you hear that? You know what's odd is that it's really not all that odd for a farmer to throw seeds like this in the first century. I know some of you were probably thinking when I read this par uh, parable, is what kind of lunatic farmer sows like that? Just throws it all over the place. <laughs> but come to find out, farmers often plowed their fields after they planted the seed, sowed the seed. After they just threw it everywhere. Hmm. Who knew? But our presumptions catch us again, don't they? Not such a lunatic farmer after all. So if that's not the shocking thing in this parable, is there anything odd going on here? Maybe. A sower went out to sow some seed. Most didn't survive. But some did. And the little that did produced... 30, 60, even a hundredfold, truckloads of the little that survived came, well, everything. We live in times as did Jesus when most will not hear. Even one of us could be one of them. But that doesn't seem to matter to the sower or to the seed. Because of the little that makes it, wow. Of the little that makes it, a huge harvest will come, not because of us, but in spite of us. The sower went out to sow some seed. Some grew, most didn't. I don't have an answer for you this morning. Neither does Jesus. But he does have a question. Have you understood all this? Perhaps instead of waiting on Jesus to give you the answers, maybe it's time to give Jesus yours.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.